You're listening to Secrets of a Bridal Seamstress podcast. I'm your host, Nadine Bozeman. In this podcast, I'm sharing business systems and strategies specifically tailored to the bridal sewing industry so you can build your own modern and profitable bridal alterations business. Join me as I also get to chat with fellow seamstresses and share their personal success stories. I'm so glad you're here and that we can grow together in this unique trade. Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode of Secrets of a Bridal Seamstress. Today, you are in for a treat because I just had a jam-packed conversation with Bianca Trevino. She is the mastermind behind the web strategy. So if you don't follow her on Instagram yet, do yourself a favor and go check out her feed and follow along for all the tips because I know that I'm definitely bookmarking the tips that she shares. And in today's episode, she's giving us really applicable tips for our marketing. You're just going to like fall in love with her and you're going to want to write all this down. She's also joining our membership in the month of September with an in-depth Q&A so we can really fine tune our marketing as we prep for, well, it's kind of hard to imagine that the season is actually winding down (laughs) because I know a lot of you are still in the thick of it. But as we wind down 2023 and we think of how we want to switch things up for 2024, um, she's going to help our members um, make a game plan. So if you're interested in that, you can head to secretsofbridalseamstresspodcast.com slash membership to learn more about joining our community and uh, get to know Bianca a little bit more in this upcoming training. So tune in, take notes, and um, good luck with your amazing new marketing skills you're going to get from this. All right, Bianca, thank you so much for being here today. I am really excited to hear how to up our marketing and just be the best in our area because I'm feeling like um, the the hot the hot phrase now is the wedding gap that I keep hearing about. And so I may want to tap into that topic a little bit, but um, your strategy tips are really going to be helpful for our listeners. So thank you so much for being here. Yes, I'm super excited. I could chat about marketing all day, so I'm excited. (laughs) That's what we love to hear. So for our listeners who don't know what the web strategy is, how about you explain what that is and how you even got into the industry of of serving other vendors? Absolutely. So um, the wedding, I'm sorry, the web strategy is I'm a business coach for wedding professionals. I am a full-time wedding planner and I have my wedding business um, that I've had for about, you know, five years now, which is crazy. Um, mm. and so, wow. And- so you started that, sorry to interrupt right mm. before the pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I got into the industry in 2017, but then didn't really like fully dive into being a wedding planner and starting my own business until 2019. And it was like, kind of, it was October, 2019. So Yes. My first six months I got thrown into the pandemic. And so I do say that I feel like businesses that are wedding business, I mean, definitely all businesses, but you know, wedding professionals that got through the pandemic should almost have like an extra certification or like (laughs) badge of honor because it was crazy. And I mean, I was in groups, um, and I like myself was like about six months in like my business, but Mm -hmm. I was in groups with people all over the country. And there was people in there that were like, I've been in the industry for 15 years and we've never seen something like this. And I'm like, wow. Okay. So like, that was kind of, I mean, obviously still scary, but somewhat comforting of just being like, okay, we're truly all just figuring this out together. Mm -hmm. Um, and having like think outside the box, Mm -hmm. like, in whole new ways. Yeah. So that was the start of your wedding planning business. 
Yes. Okay. Yeah. So I got and excited. So then, I interrupted. Sorry. No. That's <laughs> fine. Yeah. Um, it's a part of my story and I'm sure other people's too. So yeah, that's, um, and then in 2021, I started the wedge strategy and it honestly started as me teaching how to use Instagram specifically. Mm -hmm. Um, because I had so many of my peers, like telling me that they hated Instagram and they didn't, they're like, your Instagram is so good. I don't understand. And I would tell them like how I would get almost all my leads through Instagram. And they're like, how, like, Mm -hmm. and so, um, and also I used to work in a bridal dress shop. And so selling wedding gowns. Like I saw that too. So I was very much like, it just came very natural to me and made a lot of sense to me of marketing and speaking to potential clients through Instagram. So Mm -hmm. that is how web strategy started. Um, and then it has just evolved in me finding a true love of just mentoring others and being that person to give you like kind of the tough love, but being an out, giving an outsider perspective to your business of like, okay, So what I'm hearing that's working and not working. Um, so all of that to say in summarization, um, I identify as a business coach for wedding professionals, specifically helping you with mm-hmm. marketing, um, sales and your client experience, all of that. Yeah. With a lot of experience under your belt. Cause we were, before we hit record, we were talking about how you serve couples as a wedding planner and have all of, you know, you kind of see all the the nooks and crannies of wedding wedding planning of like the um the good and bad wedding vendors I guess of your area who's on your like do not call list, and then also seeing like what the couples what their expectations are, and then the expectations of vendors as you work with them. So you really have like both sides that you're observing, and you're able to t- bring that to the table as a coach. So that's awesome. Yeah, and okay. The fact that you sold wedding dresses that adds an extra notch under your belt. So mm-hmm. <laughs> that's a whole new category, right? Serving shopping brides. So absolutely. Yeah. yeah I definitely, skills. I definitely learned a lot there about the industry in general and just getting to hear uncandidly how brides think and how they're mm-hmm. influenced. Um, and yeah, I definitely think a lot of that has stayed with me of being a wedding planner and helping knowing like, I mean, it's just directly translated into so many things in my business. Yeah. So I'm grateful. So for let's, let's actually tap into that real quick of yeah. how uh, brides think, because, you know, our listeners work with brides every day. So we could always use a few more tips on how to get into the minds of our clients. So lean into that a little bit for us. <laughs> And I honestly would encourage like your audience, since it's majority bridal seamstresses, like Mm -hmm. to try and partner with wedding dress shops. Um, And even if it's no, the sense, maybe it's not like you're their in-house seamstress or something like that, but even being there to be like, Hey, could I join when your brides pick up their dresses? Because it's just insightful to be a fly on the wall. So just because they're in an area Mm -hmm. where like their guard is down. So they're speaking unfiltered and uncandid. Mm -hmm candidly. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, just hearing about like the thoughts that go through their heads, like I would hear people say like, Oh, I was going to do X, Y, Z for my wedding, like something designer color wise, but then they're leaning into another dress and they would be like, but if I pick this dress, I have to totally change it. And it's like, no, not necessarily. Like it was just interesting to hear how they think or like 
hear the things that their friends and family would say, like you would be surprised how often people would just say like, well, one, sometimes they would just be not nice. And I'm like, why (laughs) bring these people? I know (laughs) that happens also in their fitting. So don't worry. Oh, I'm sure. Yes. (laughs) I totally see that because they're talking about how it fits them or doesn't fit them. It doesn't matter and how they look and you should have, what are you going to do about your back rolls? I'm like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's, (laughs) Truly shocking. I always joke in general about the wedding industry, but also specifically like being in the bridal shop, like that I want to create an anonymous book that's just like, can't make this ish up. Like <laughs> some of the stuff yeah. I see and hear, I'm just like, what? Like people do crazy. Yeah. But yes, I can see that. Aside from all of that, um, getting on a little, little off, but about like knowing how brides think and what they think, it's just interesting to hear that and have that inside of like, okay, this is actually what they're worried about. Mm-hmm. This is actually what comes to their mind, or this is the misinformation they're getting. Yes, yeah, that's the be- expectation that's totally not realistic that they're yeah, coming like, to well, things actually, with. Yeah, yeah, and so like you would be surprised how often people didn't understand that they still needed to get alterations. Like at the end, like say they said yes, and we're selling the dress and we're taking their measurements of like bust waist and hip. Mm-hmm. And they didn't understand that, like, but you're taking my measurements. What do you mean? It's not going to fit me. And so we would have to explain like, Oh, we're trying to get close to your size, but you know, and the right. height, you know, all of that. So there's, that was interesting to like, know that education. Um, and also just like, the bustle, like people did not know what bustles were. Um, <laughs> I'm not kidding. It it's like be- the loop on the bottom of the train. That's like for the hanger. And they're yes. like, I, I heard that literally four times this week, four. I had what I was and they're like, I have the one that goes around my waist already. And I'm like, but that's, yeah. that's not what it is. They would yeah. be like, you don't need that. You'll just do this. And I'm like, well, actually that's purely <laughs> just for us to hang it on the hanger. Like, <laughs> you know, like that literally that is what I was going to say. So just things like that, that you're like, seems so obvious to us. Yeah. Um, it's second nature, but to them, it's way over their head, had no idea. It didn't even occur to them. Or my favorite is they're like, well, my friend got married or it would be like a bridesmaid that's sitting in the group, like, and she's still like living on, holding on to her wedding days. Yeah. And she's like, well, we did this. And so it's just so interesting. And I just think that yeah. like all is a learning opportunity to be like, okay, this is what they're thinking of. And mm-hmm. then taking all of that and using that to build maybe your client experience and like your, how you sell your services to your brides and stuff, knowing yeah. like, okay, you're going to be worried about this. So here's how I'm already going to combat that. Like you want to have your services and your sales process, like almost mapping it out and anticipating what they're going to be thinking or asking before they actually ask it. Does that make sense? Oh, it totally does. Yeah. And I love how you said to, you know, you recommended to partner with bridal shops and most of us do have obviously some kind of relationship with our feeder stores because we're on their referral list, but taking it a step further and offering, Hey, can we just sit in on your, like on a Saturday when we know you're going to be busy and booked and can we observe appointments so we can serve your brides better when you don't necessarily need to like step into the appointment if you're not comfortable yet to do that. But I love how you're recommending to just listen and hear what those conversations are like and hear what the fears are so that we can take that to our own sewing studios and kind of like get ahead of it. Um, And you also mentioned something really good about things that are second nature to us. Like we work with, you know, wedding terms all day, every day. So nothing really phases us. Like we've seen it all. We've heard it all. We've made 
you know, the corrections or, or prevented it from happening. And, um, the brides are still coming in with those fears and, um, and misunderstandings. And so already we're not even like five minutes in and we got some great, great tips here. Good, I'm glad. So I love it because you're totally speaking our language. So woohoo. Um, so let's ease into marketing because I feel like that phrase in general can seem really overwhelming, even if you've been in the industry for a while or you've owned a business and it's like, okay, it can just feel like something that you need to hire somebody else to do for you. And there is probably a point where you need, like um, in your case, like coaching to get the ball rolling or give you ideas of how to get things started. Um, but if we have like a well-rounded business, we should kind of have a general understanding of how to market to our desired audience or like have this like rough game plan. So um, how do we ease into, I say all that to say, how do we ease into marketing? So let's start with just some like easy tips that people can implement like this week with maybe their social media or their emails or. Absolutely. Simple. So not to sound like a brokered record, but like truly educating your couples. And maybe it's like, you haven't got the chance to go into, you know, a dress shop yet, but you're mm -hmm. still going to hear and see things within your own shop um, and educating them of like, what is a bustle or here's how to estimate, you know, pricing of what it could be like truly anything and everything that you can share about how the dress is going to fit things you should look out for things, how to prepare for your seamstress appointment. Like, please don't, please don't come in a neon sports bra. Like you need to come with the proper mm -hmm. garments or like mm -hmm. you do, or you don't need to have your shoes on your first fitting, like just anything like that. That's going to be helpful to them because one that's going to hopefully make your job a little bit easier because they're more educated. Right. Yeah. But so that helps differentiate you from other seamstresses because then that already, you're already subliminally taking down their walls and building trust with them of like, okay, Nadine really knows what she's talking about, or, oh my gosh, she was so helpful for that. Mm -hmm. um, or the chance of them to find you before they even maybe aren't in that period of alterations, but they're like, oh, I'm going to hold on to this when the time comes because she's, yes. yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so education, I mean, you can use it so much. And I, I say like, if people are still asking me the question, I'm still going to talk about it. Like, it's okay. Right. If you've already talked about it once, like talk about it again in three months in six months, like until you stop getting that question. And it is clear yes. that people know what it is. Like, yeah. Just keep Instead of like, it. oh, I, I posted about that like six months ago. It's like, it's not in your nine blocks. So it, you might want to yeah. re recycle that one. And yeah. another thing for, I think our listeners is there are a lot of us who we follow fellow seamstresses and a lot of our followers are fellow seamstresses. It's because You're like, like there's only so many of us. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And we're in this like echo chamber. So it can be easy for us to think, oh, everybody's posting about bustles or everybody is posting about like what to do when you come to fittings. But it's only because we are looking at other seamstresses. If you look at your brides or potential clients that are following you, they're not following all of these other seamstresses around the country. It's like, they may have like one or two, right? Mm -hmm. Like in their specific area. So, you know, I can think of, okay, in my area, there's probably four of us who post regularly. And so I got to think of, I'm educating my local brides and they're not seeing all the other posts that my friends are posting. So I hope that kind of clarifies things for listeners too, because we yeah. can forget like what the goal is. And also we can forget who's following us. That's actually going to bring us the business, you know, so posting for clients as opposed to our peers 
1000 because they're not your peers aren't the isn't your ideal audience they're not your customer right Um, or if you're like people get embarrassed like what their friends and family are going to think I'm like they're not your customer they don't pay your bills you know um and so I'm so glad you said that it's very true and it's also it's kind of funny when I hear people say like, oh, I hate Instagram. I hate social media. I feel like nobody sees my posts. But then in the same conversation, they're like, I already talked about that. I'm like, well, if you think people aren't seeing your posts, then what does it matter? Like, um, it's like you, you know, you have maybe you have like 500 followers, but only like a handful of that is seeing your posts. So that means you can talk about it again in a couple mm-hmm. weeks or a couple months. And people right. are constantly getting engaged. Um, and so you are always going to have new followers or, you know, people trickle out and trickle in. So absolutely yeah. keep talking about it. Um, if it's still helpful information, you're still getting the question, educate them. That's how you differentiate yourself from your competition. Um, and also, I mean, something that's easy to implement is using your local, like local features to your advantage. Like trying to partner with bridal stores that are in your area and tagging them because then hopefully they'll tag, they'll share that you tag mm-hmm. them or when you're on social media, like put your location of the city that you're in, because all of that communicates on the back end for people to find you. Because yeah. I mean, seamstress is like, it's all your business is local, right? Like you don't right. really have people flying in from another state for your services. So it doesn't benefit you if somebody from another across the country follows you or something like that. Like you want to market to people close to you. So anything that's going to show that local bit show, um, ask your couples for their wedding photos back, you know, Mm -hmm. follow up with them. Like you're asking for their wedding day. I'm sure. Cause you need to know when the dress seems to be ready by. Right. Mm -hmm. And so follow up with them for review and, or their wedding photos, and then share that and share it when they're standing in front of this beautiful, like stained glass window that everybody knows is at this mansion. Right. Like something right, like right. it's out that people are like, oh, that's my venue. I'm getting married there. Oh, she helped that bright. Like it just like it grabs their attention mm-hmm. because you're getting their you're getting something that's personal to them. And so it grabs their attention and then they go down a rabbit hole of, oh, my gosh, her her Instagram or like her tips are so helpful. We are just um within our Secrets or Braille Seamstress membership. We're kind of wrapping up an Instagram challenge. That's been really fun. Like we've had like specific prompts to follow and actually be accountable to each other for like posting oh. the darn thing. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like just yeah. getting it on our feed. And um, one great thing that a lot of people have been implementing um, is commenting on, it's not just about what you post, right? It's about how you interact with other local vendors. So it's like, you're following these other vendors and then commenting on their posts, even if you're not part of that wedding. But like you mentioned, these couples are like searching their dream vendors and then they're seeing, oh, you know, so-and-so bridal alterations they commented who's this so it's it's beyond just the post so I love how you're talking about really yeah absolutely do that and comment on your past couples like when they post their wedding photos being like oh my gosh you look amazing blah 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 because all of their friends and family are looking at that and they're gonna be like yeah she looked dang good she did that dress yeah okay um (laughs) so yes absolutely comment like not only are you making hopefully making a genuine relationship with that person, Mm -hmm. but then you're exposing yourself to their audience. Yeah. Yeah. It goes so much deeper than just the pictures that you decide to post or what you tag in your photos, but, um, always bring it back to who's local. Like, who are you actually serving in your area as opposed to, cause I'm sure you follow a bunch of wedding planners, right? Like all around the world or (laughs) 
<laughs> it's like, it can be so easy to be like, oh, are they judging me maybe for posting the same tips? But no, because you're serving a completely different audience. If whenever, I think everybody goes through those lulls. Cause even sometimes I go through that with design. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I feel like I'm seeing this everywhere. And so, you know, everyone goes through that. Don't feel bad, but maybe that's a sign for you that you need to take a break from social media for a few days and just have a fresh perspective. So then you'll start to kind of like almost, you know, detox and reset your mind. And then being like, okay, this is actually a genuine idea that I had, or this is like something. And you almost feel like that reassurance of like, no, this is something good to post. I'm not just thinking about it because I saw X, Y, and Z. Like it's definitely acceptable and okay that every once in a while you need to take a break from those circles of Facebook groups that Mm -hmm. with our, you know, our peers or social media or something like that. And just give yourself a break. So your mind can be like cleansed. (laughs) Yeah. I love that too. Um, okay. We're talking a lot about Instagram is, is that just kind of like the place to market or are there other ways that we can market to our local audience that we can start this week? Like, I don't even know if, if email marketing is a thing. I know that I have all my email addresses for like potential clients for the whole year. And even, you know, moving into 2024, but I'm like, at that point, they're mostly already working with me. So how do we think outside the box of Instagram when it comes to marketing in 2023? I mean, yes, Instagram is a big free platform for you to use, but no, it's not the only one. And it is going to be a little bit different for everybody. Um, I definitely encourage you to ask your inquiries and your booked brides, like, where did you find me from? Because you might be surprised that they say that it was from a vendor or was from Instagram or like a Facebook group or something like that. So I think like, the more times your name at your business name and face is seen, the better, because when they start seeing you in multiple places, they're like, Oh, I've heard of her before. Oh yes. I remember this. So go ahead and like cast that net. Now I definitely know that it's overwhelming to like try and post every day on all these platforms. (laughs) Like don't do that. You know, um, that's not attainable for anyone, but at least that you know your name and about your business is out there. Mm -hmm. Um, and focusing on like one's, form of social media, but you, you have to know and think about where your ideal client finds you. So like, I've had some people say that they love Facebook and that Facebook's great for them. I've had other people say like, no, I like, I get, um, people don't have the budget from Facebook. Like it's going to be different in your market. And so you need to honestly kind of test it out. And I know people are like, just tell me what to do. Like, I don't want (laughs) to test it out, but Every quick tips. Yeah. You know, every city (laughs) is different. Every market's different. Your ideal client may be different. Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, there's some people, there's going to be some seamstresses that are strictly alterations, or maybe they do everything under the sun. And, um, there's some that are strictly bridal. There's some that are like, I'll make a custom gown for you. Right. So it's Mm -hmm. like, you are going to be in different demographics, different price points. And so all those people, unfortunately, are going to shop in different places. Um, but I, yes, I do harp on Instagram a lot because it's free. Yeah, exactly. As much as people are like, oh, Instagram is frustrating. It's like, well, it doesn't cost you anything. I'll tell you what, like I paid for the knot and wedding wire and those don't bring me nearly as many as Instagram does that's for free. Um, and there's just so many benefits to social media, um, that we, you know, just touched on like the relationships and Mm -hmm. the geolocation and all of that stuff. So, um, yeah. And see where your competition is at. Um, I'm a firm believer that you want to be in the same space that your competition is maybe not 
all the time. Cause again, it's like, okay, maybe they're in XYZ magazine or something, but those brides aren't necessarily a fit for me. So still take mm-hmm. it with a grain of salt, like is my ideal client here. But if your ideal client is in that space and your competition is there, you bet you want to be there too, because I want to be seen where my competition is going to be seen. Does yeah. that mean? Yeah, totally. And I wanted to talk to you about low competition because I, um, I feel like we probably all have maybe like two or three competitors in our local area. Right. Um, and which I guess when you think of literally any other business, like you think of like plumbers and electricians and other service providers, like there's a ton more competition. So we definitely have a smaller pool, which is good to start with, but it can be easy to feel like, Oh my goodness, like how do I, maybe even the slow months, you start feeling like how much business are they getting? So how can we stand out locally? And you've already touched on that a little bit, but um, specifically for those weird feelings that they probably don't even come up too often, but it's like, when you get stuck in your head, it's like, that's kind of all you can think about like, Oh no. So how do you fight that? (laughs) Yeah, It's, it's natural. I think that everybody kind of goes through that, especially when we're having slower seasons and that internal panic happens. Right. Um, anytime you have like a negative, it's honestly a lot of mindset stuff when you've got that negative bit, question yourself of like, okay, where's the evidence in this? Like, if you're like, oh my gosh, nobody likes my work or like, I'm too expensive. Like, well, people have told you you're too expensive. Like, look at your past clients. Like clearly you do have good work. It's like, when you start to have those negative thoughts, you replace it with a positive one and looking at like, okay, where's the logical evidence here? Yeah. Yeah. I was actually sharing the other day about like using data within your business to like give you rational answers and like rational decisions, decisions, excuse me, (laughs) because then it's easy to say like, to look back on that evidence of like, okay, well, where's the proof right. of this? Is this just right. like my negativity and like my anxiety? Is this just my hormones? Like, let's my, get rid yeah, of my hormones, my imposter syndrome, <laughs> like, whatever it is, a multitude of things um, of seeing like, where is that? Mm-hmm. Um, you do, just like you said, like there's other industries where there's competition, right? You want some sort of competition because if you were the only person that was doing your thing, like it's when there's other people that, that exist, then that means mm-hmm. there's a need for it. So yeah. it's a good Yeah. And I think too, like we all have preferences. Like I have my preferred client, my preferred work. Um, and I'm thinking of like, I think there are like three others in my area and there's like, they all have very specific niches. Like they like, like they want to work on specific things or they want to have, you know, one woman is like close to retirement. And so I know the kind of work that she wants to take in. She's like, I'm on my way out, you know? Um, and then like, you're also drawing a specific client just with your own personality, like without necessarily trying. So it's like, you're going to, the more that you put yourself out there, your bride is going to find you and Mm -hmm. they're going to want to contact you for a reason. So it's like, um, maybe even having like a, like a, a wall of, like you said, your data. And then also like truthful statements about my business. You know what I mean? On your weird days. (laughs) You start to kind of like, panic, get that feeling, like, go look at your numbers, go look at like, okay, is there something that's truly going on here? Or is it just kind of like a seasonality? Is it kind of just a fluke? Like I haven't changed anything. What I was doing was still working or whatever it may be, Mm -hmm. but then you get to see that hard black and white evidence (laughs) and kind of, you know, like talk yourself down from it. Um, and I love that you said, we all have different ideal clients. Like, yes, absolutely. And so sometimes it's like, you can see your competition and they seem like they're so booked and busy. You do not know if they're share, like if that business happened months ago and they're just now sharing it. Like you don't yeah. know. That. 
Um, Ooh, or maybe, that's a really good point. Yes. Maybe yeah. Reminding yourself of like, oh my gosh, they have a wedding. They, you know, had a wedding this weekend and I didn't. It's like, oh, but you purposely blocked off that date because you wanted to give yourself some mm-hmm. vacation time or whatever. Like it's right, like, right, right. Everybody's just priorities are different. Right. Like that one woman's retiring. Some people have families like you just, it's all different. And so it's like, it's a difference between being aware of your competition, but then focusing on okay, but let me get back to what do I truly want out of my business? What type of couples do I truly want to work with? Am I yeah. still going in the direction and being intentional about my decisions to reach that long-term direction? Yes, yeah. okay, then I'm doing good. Like I'll just yeah. go have a glass of wine and tomorrow I'll feel better or <laughs> whatever. It's it kind be. of like that, like, okay, you got to stay in your own lane. You know what I mean? And it kind of circles back to that. And I think that you and I were DMing about this, about when people, um, uh, announce that they're booked. And I, I hear this a lot from seamstresses. I get these messages from seamstresses that are like, um, my competitors are announcing that they're booked and I don't know what I'm doing wrong Book because I'm not, everyone. that is it. Cause it's like, okay, well, you know, one of my girlfriends on the East coast, I know she just takes four brides a month and I'm like, that seems super low, but so she has like a very low I've threshold to when she's booked. Exactly. Yeah. So it's like when we just see like a a, gen, a general announcement like that, or I've reached my financial goals. Okay. We don't know what those, you know, when people are making uh, vague announcements or like celebrations or whatever, or they're probably, you know, making those announcements, especially about their bookings for clients, but their peers can see it and be like, okay, that's when the insecurities start, but we just don't know what that means. And it's most likely something very different than what it would mean to us, you know? Yeah. There's so. truly so many factors of like what somebody defines as booked and mm-hmm. it can be that financial. It could be like, okay, I've already hit my mark. I'm good with that. Or it could be like an X amount of clients that they want to do. It could be, yeah. who knows? Maybe they're like, I'm going to take off all of summer. Like yeah. I'm not going to work those months. So they're those two, three months that they take off and they don't accept clients, then they're going to get booked yeah. for because they're only booking, you know, the remaining nine months out of the year or whatever. Right. Um, so absolutely. And that's again, where it's like being aware of things. Um, and Hey, I've even had before where like we share our availability for, you know, months that are slow and we're trying to get things booked. And then I had another planning bring like, Oh, I'm actually booked for November. And she saw that I still had dates open. She's like, I'm going to send you my November ones now. So mm-hmm. leave on that, like with your yeah. other, friends, your other friends, when you see, um, I do would definitely encourage to talk to your other seamstresses right. and like befriend them. There, there's yeah. so many things, so many benefits to that. But I mean, that could be something of somebody saying they're booked and just being like, oh, I love that for you. Like if there's anything I can take off your plate, like I still have openings this year. Like if right. you're still that's not anything. the time to hold on to your pride and be like, I'm booked too. Yeah. Like, no, like, cause who are you trying to impress? You know what I mean? Yeah, they're not I mean, your bank account. Different. Yeah, exactly. You're not not reaching out to them and being like, Hey, can you send me business? Like it's different that they just said they're booked and you're like, Hey, if you're still getting increased, I actually have a few openings, like, and feel free to like, be kind of, um, specific about it. Like if you're like, Hey, if you have anyone with like a short time frame, I'd love to help them or whatever it may be, you know, like speak into your specific, like you were mentioning earlier, what makes you different? Like I know some, there were some seamstresses that being in the dress shop, we would kind of know who to send them to based mm-hmm. off of maybe the difficulty of the dress. How many customizations yeah. did they need? Was it a pretty simple or was it like she wants to add sleeves and she wants to do all this stuff? Um, yeah. Just a short time frame. Um, what's her budget? Like, right, you know? right, right. So it's, it's 
good for you to make it known what you prefer and what you specialize in. Obviously, like in a kind way, we don't want to make anybody feel bad for their decisions of or their preferences. Like, but um, that's when you're able to like lean on, okay, this person isn't necessarily the best fit for me. And maybe you're you're okay with bookings right now that you can send them to a friend. But um, all of that to say, yes, lean in and be vocal about your specialties, what makes you different. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that's, yeah. that's what differentiates you and that's what yeah. helps people buy into you. Mm-hmm. That's really, really helpful. Like a lot of things I'm like, Ooh, that could be the audio clip. Ooh, that could be a shift that we share, <laughs> <laughs> but it is like, it's, it's so hard to focus back on yourself and your, your own goals and your own business in a world where everybody's posting the best of their business or like their best days. It's normal to feel like weird or insecure sometimes. So it's just like having a game plan of what to come back to when those feelings surface and just know like you're on the right track and you don't need to compare yourself and all is well. Yeah. <laughs> um, I wanted to ask you a question specifically for our rural listeners, because um this is another thing that comes up um, where seamstresses live in a more rural area and they're feeling like, how do I, how do I grow or how do I reach these brides who are maybe buying their dresses in the city? Um, but I want them to drive an hour and a half, two hours to come to me. Um, obviously there are rural businesses, like people, not everybody lives in a city. So how do, do you have advice for that specific demographic? I guess. Yeah. I mean, I definitely hear you on that. And I do acknowledge that that is a challenge. I think you have to get creative and see what the issue is for those couples. So is it truly that they, is it that they don't want to drive an hour out or maybe that's not an issue? Maybe it's something else, you know, like sometimes we mm-hmm. can make what we think is the issue and it's actually not the case. So oh, just that's a really good like, point. Yeah. Feedback from people that yes, for some people, it might be true that they're like, I'm not going to drive an hour and a half out there, but then maybe mm-hmm. for other people, they're like, I don't care about the drive. If like, you're going to do good work, like how somebody looks and feels in their wedding dress is so personal. Obviously you guys know right. that. And so people are going to pay the money or drive the drive. If they feel confident enough in your capability, 100% do that for their dress or their gown or whatever it may be. So I think um, that would be one thing is to kind of do some research and get feedback of like, does this actually pose an issue? Let's say that it is an issue and you are having a lot of people being like, yeah, the drive just doesn't make sense for me. Um, Mm -hmm. I know of other seamstresses in town. I mean, this might not feel like an ideal thing, but like, maybe you need to have your shop in town or maybe you need to try and say like, okay, Tuesdays and Thursdays, I'm in town. And this is yeah, when you yeah. do these appointments and you just stack your schedule and then like, or maybe you can share space with um, a bridal shop or something. And you know that you're there those days and you just jam pack yourself with appointments and then you do all the actual sewing and alterations at your home. Um, mm-hmm. Saying that, you know, that if that truly is an issue, um, I mean, lean in on those partnerships and try and get around of like, almost as if like the drive isn't an issue. Like you have to be so confident in your craft. And this is with any vendor. Like you have to be so confident in your craft and your skill that you bring clients that you think of it as like, I would almost be doing them a disservice if I didn't offer my service. Mm -hmm. You know, like Mm -hmm. it's like, you have to be so confident of like, oh, I could, 
I can make her dress like beautiful or like, I know this is a difficult alteration. Like I can do that. And it's like, if you sell yourself on that and instead of focusing on, but I know there's a drive and if you don't want to drive, I can come, you know, it's like, if you're, sometimes you're putting issues or worries in their mind that weren't even necessarily there. If you're Ooh, focused that's really on good. what you can do for them and how you're going to make their experience and their wedding day that much better, they're already mm-hmm. sold on that, that they don't mind that there's a drive. Yeah. That's a really good point. Cause there are, it's not like nobody lives in the country that nobody lives in a small town. Like people do. So I think, I think it is more of like what we already have in our head, like, as opposed to going back. And to like, where are those couples <laughs> that live in the rural areas? Like, where are they going yeah. to get their dress? Mm-hmm. You know, like, right. I'm sorry to get their, um, to buy their dresses. Like they might be driving into the city to buy their dresses, but then they bring it back. And they, they don't want to go back and forth somebody, or yeah. yeah, they may not even realize that somebody in their area does that. Like they might just think like, oh, I have to stay here in this in Metro city to do. Yes. My own yeah. Like there's still people in your city that, and again, I definitely acknowledge that this is a little bit of a difficulty. So I'm not trying to minimize that for people and be like, get over it. But there's definitely ways to work around it and make it work to your benefit. I think when we harp on the issues and the negatives that it can kind of cloud everything else that you really yeah. should on. It's like, okay, acknowledge that this is an issue, but I've got ways to combat it that it's not even necessarily an issue anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I love that. Thank you. Um, so we've talked a lot about stuff to do like with free platforms and stuff to do like online. How do we stand out in our local communities? We've touched on this a little bit by like interacting with shops, but how do we stand out as like, oh, we're the local seamstress? Yeah. Um, and I was laughing that you said like we've touched on this because there's just truly so many overlaps of things. Yeah. <laughs> kind of like what gets me excited about marketing. <laughs> you do this one thing, it could lead to five other things. Like yeah. there's just so mm-hmm. much overlapping, um, which is good. But yeah. yeah. So, I mean, don't be afraid to also, I would reach out to planners. Um, so what I always tell people of their vendor category and like, yes, bridal seamstresses, you tend to be towards the end of the hiring phase. So Mm -hmm. think about who gets hired before me and who would potentially be recommending my services. So, okay. That's awesome. Say that again. Definitely planners. So I think about who's getting hired before me, Mm -hmm. who could like, like, cause at what point do brides start to ask about, oh, where should I get my dress altered? Not so early like, enough. Everybody will say that never early right. enough. <laughs> yeah. Talk about what's the typical time frame. What's a good time for you to come in and do your alterate mm-hmm. your first fitting. Talk about those things. Um, but yeah, like bridal dress shops, even bridesmaid dress shops, like, Hey, their friends need their dresses altered too. Or you'd be mm-hmm. surprised the brides go into the bridesmaid dress shop and they happen to be talking about alterations for their own gown. Mm-hmm. You know, like, again, you just yeah. don't know what's going to happen. We're just casting our net to get seen as many as possible. You don't know where you're going to get found. Mm-hmm. Um, but planners for sure, even venues, you'd be venues, surprised. Yeah. I feel like unfortunately, like this, the, the seamstresses like that's so personal between the bride and the seamstress that like their other vendors don't always hear about it, but we do get asked about it. They're like, do you know where I could get my dress fitted? And it's like, actually, I'm not usually a part of that. Let me go and ask my other brides, you know? So it's yeah. like, go be different and go reach out to vendors and let them know. And I would even offer to them, consider offering to them like, Hey, I'll give you $50 off your own alteration, you know, like maybe it's like 
they're like, I went and I got um, a bridesmaid dress fitted for myself to kind of see like how this person worked before I referred them to my bride. So it doesn't yeah. have to be that they're getting married. Like you still know how to alter stuff. And so right. maybe you offer that to them to like see my work or something like that. Um, but I mean, yeah, getting, thinking about getting creative and thinking about who gets hired before you making relationships with them. And when I say making relationships with them, it's not just like, Hey, I'm a seamstress. And if any of your brides have alterations needs, I would love if you sent them my way. Here's my email. Here's my website. Nobody would be shocked if somebody referred you off of that. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, it happens all the time. Like, I mean, people do it all the time in all vendor categories, but if you, if you start interacting with them on Instagram or you see them at a networking event and you start talking to them and just being a normal human being and trying to have a friendship with them, they are going to, does that, was that mean? <laughs> just like be a normal person, just be normal you know? guys. Oh yeah. <laughs> just make, make a friendship. And even if you feel like you're awkward or quirky or like there's other people that are that way too, but just yeah. if you approach it from a friendship point of view, and I just genuinely want to get to know this person that makes them want to refer you so much more. Oh, um, I 100% agree. And I, I found that too, with just as my relationships build with like our local like hair and makeup gals or, you know, our beauty teams and planners and um, caterers, photographers is a big one too. So it's like, you're not just introducing yourself, but you're like one of the first to comment because you're the little cheerleader and it's like, or like go to dinner with them, like, you know, meet up with them in person if you can. And I think too, that most of us want in-person connections more than we think. You know what I'm saying? Like in a world where like everything is, you know, we're connected on social media. When I reach out to somebody like, Hey, let's get together. Like, do you want to meet and whatever, get coffee or something, or get a few vendors together? Like everybody says yes, because they want to, they want to be like, Oh my gosh, we can share stories or like you're a real person. You're not just, you know, on the interwebs. So I think those little steps go a long way too. Yeah, no, absolutely. Making your circle bigger. Yes. Making those connections. You never know where it's going to come from. Hair and makeup, honestly, is a good one too, to reach out to and get familiar Mm -hmm. with because when they do their trials, like the brides are sitting in that chair for an hour to two hours. So like six months, even before the wedding date, like it can be their trials can be months in advance. Yeah. They're talking about things. So might Mm -hmm. as well like market to them too. And just letting them know like that this is available and creating that relationship with them. Mm -hmm. Um, there was something else you said that were, Oh, um, of making relationships and like commenting and stuff. Um, also see if you could do like a collab poster, like an, and I don't mean collab, like an influencer that you're like paying for and stuff, but Instagram has a feature called collaboration and it's like tagging, but, mm-hmm. um, it's where like both of your names show up. So say that you're collab both of your feeds. Correct. And so say you're collaborating with a dress shop or with a planner, you're both showing up. You can make it an educational post too. Like planners would planners and wedding dress shops would love to tell their clients, like you should get your dress fitted more than two months out. Like, you know, like this <laughs> yeah. is the time frame. So it's like you guys can put an educational post together, whether that's in the caption, in the graphic. Um, even if you want to do like a story takeover, I know not everyone's a fan of like recording themselves and showing their face, but if you want to, if you feel comfortable with that, or you build your confidence up to that, um, record yourself chatting about something that's, you know, related to your niche. And then, um, post that on their story, like asking to do an Instagram takeover or doing like an IG live together. Mm -hmm. Um, 
because you're exposing yourself to their audience. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Those and are, there's so, there's awesome. so much overlap. Couples are always asking other, they're, they're already hired vendors for other vendor recs because when I've say, you know, I've hired my photographer, I obviously already trust them. So I'm curious who mm-hmm. else they like, Oh, what florist do you recommend? Oh, what? Yeah. Right. So it, that's why it is nice to like be friends with everyone, but that can get overwhelming. So that's why I say, focus your efforts on the people who get hired before you. So I would definitely, yeah. which I know for seamstress, it's like everyone gets hired before me. Like that's how it goes. <laughs> but the main ones I would no, I get it. Yeah. There are some, there are some definitely like I, it, things that come to mind. Yeah. Like the planners, your bridal shop, um, your florist and your photographers will probably be, and yeah, your hair and makeup team. Although I feel like hair and makeup team can be a, uh, a later, like, like a down the line hire too. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Cause I feel like I'm recommending, um, beauty teams. So, yeah, but, um, that's you can, great. You can help them that too. You could be like, when people come to my shop, they, they ask for this. Mm-hmm. So I would love to be able to recommend you. They ask for hair and makeup. They, right. you know, I would be able to recommend you. Yeah. Yeah. And if you have a professional space that allows room for like brochures or cards or photo or, you know, like photo set up, like there's a local baker. She's going to have a little, um, she's bringing in a cute little setup in my shop next month with like her, she's newer to the area. So I'm like, oh yeah, let's help promote this thing. So if you have space where even you can hold like business cards and that goes a long way too, because I think it just is showing good faith and people appreciate that. So yeah, I'm really excited because there are so many like, I feel like every question was like packed with like really good nuggets. So I am yeah. pumped to so get this episode that, like, out. Little nuggets, listen up. Cause yeah, <laughs> there's like so many good, well, like there was just a lot that we can take and do. And that's what I love when I'm listening to something. I'm like, okay, this week I can like, you know, okay. Po- uh, figure out a collaborative post or something, or like make a friend or whatever. So it's like, there's stuff that we can do. So how do listeners work with you or do you have, um, um, do you have like specific times where people have to like register to work with you or do you constantly have new openings? Yeah. So I essentially always have some sort of opening or offering to assist. Mm -hmm. Um, So I do have a few courses, like one about Instagram specifically, one about like how to use Instagram for your wedding business, how to, another one is like start your business um, with like different marketing things and stuff like that. Some of what we talked about today. So you guys got really good content. No, but um, (laughs) I do have some courses and then I do have like coaching that's always available strategy sessions. So mm-hmm. I do think that there's different phases of when people need help in their business or just need like a little bit of a push to like get through that rough get patch of hump. Yeah. this new season that you're in. Um, and so I do always have like some sort of offering available, but all of that can be found. Um, everything is the web strategy. So um, the website is that my Instagram is that um, come on over and send me a DM or send me an email. I love to hear like how, you know, we read the internet, such a cool thing, like how new people find me and yeah. um, tell me something that you learned that was helpful. So I know to keep sharing it with people, but yeah, everything is the wedge strategy. Okay. And your Instagram is awesome. There are many things that I bookmark. Cause I'm like, Ooh, gonna keep that. Ooh <laughs> gonna keep that. like, it's great. So thank you. I love that. Yeah. And yeah. it's, prime example of things that I'm like, I feel like this is obvious. Like, don't people know this? And then I hear things like that. So it's like, come on. It's like you, it's, I'm a prime example. It's like, sometimes you get in your head, you're like, I feel like people already know this. Mm-hmm. And then somebody that's like, this is so helpful. And I'm like, okay, right. Cool. Yeah. 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 We'll keep doing what you're doing and we'll get this information out 
Um, so yeah, you'd just be a great resource for listeners to work with. So thank you so much for your time. I appreciate you're it. So, you're so welcome. Thanks for having me. I okay, everybody it. go uh, hang out with Bianca and uh, bookmark all the tips. <laughs> all right. Thanks, Bianca. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and share this podcast with a friend. And if you're feeling really generous, leave a review. Thanks, everyone.